Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh, my God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're going to love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Baum, here with Ali Herbert Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, this week, we've got a sort of accidental true crime theme. What are we talking about? We're talking about the BBC drama Sherwood, which is coming to Binge, and we've got a true crime series, as you say, called The Ken and Barbie Killers. Awesome. And our recommendations, as always, every week. Cool. Well, let's start with BBC drama Sherwood. We're investigating the murder of a local resident. 1984. This was the miners' village. You know what folk are saying. Someone's targeting striking miners. I mean, who's next? Inspired by two real-life murders, Sherwood is a gripping new BBC drama that explores the historic wounds and present-day violence dividing a small ex-mining community in Nottinghamshire, England. David Morrissey, Leslie Manville and Joanne Froggart star in the series which UK critics are calling the best BBC drama of the year. Ooh. So, Ali. That's an intro. You've not seen this one yet, have you? No, I haven't done my homework, John. So maybe, like as if I am a listener of our podcast, you can tell me why we should watch it when it comes to binge next week. Easy. So (laughs) are you familiar with a little show called Mayor of Easttown? Yeah, like just like total fave. Yes. So this is as close to Mayor of Easttown level of crime drama quality and twists that I have seen. Well, that's a big call. So not only are the UK critics calling it the best thing of the year, I watch this and I'm like, this feels as good and on par with Mare of Easttown. Okay, so hang on. Mare of Easttown, if anyone unfamiliar that's listening, um, was an HBO drama series from last year, from 2021, starring Kate Winslet, set in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yep. Can't remember. Yeah. Set in Pennsylvania. Some epic twists in the last couple of episodes and some wonderful, wonderful acting. So we can expect that kind of caliber of production and skill, but also story twists. So many story twists. I, the reason I make the Mare of Town comparison, not only is on a, like a quality level, but I would also just say there's a couple of thematic moments. So there's the small town, there's sort of the divided community where like people are looking, literally looking over each other's backyards and things like that. In the same way that Mare Town dealt with the history of the town and where people were as when they were growing up and things like that. This town went through anti-union riots that sort of swept through mining communities. In the 80s. Yeah. With, um, Thatcher. Thatcher and all that. So this community yep. sort of is like fractured from that. Mm-hmm. And it's set in present day, but it's still dealing with the riots and who was on what side and all that. So You've got, you've got that simmering in the background, which is really interesting. And is the town like had its glory day and it's now yeah, so, never living up to the what used to make economy hum and stuff? Yeah. And Joanne Froggart, which people will know from Downton Abbey, she gets married in the first episode and she's sort of running for conservative council or something. So she's like this semi-public figure. And then basically, this isn't a spoiler because it happens in the first episode, a gentleman is murdered via bow and arrow. Hence the Sherwood. Hence the Sherwood. It's also... Yeah, Nodding Forest or wherever. Yeah, it's in the Robin Hood community, but there's nothing Robin Hoody about the crime. Anyway, by the end of episode two, there is a shocking twist that completely comes out of nowhere and you are hooked. But needless to say, there are two murders that take place. You don't know mm-hmm. if they're related. You kind of do know who did them. It's not really a who done it. It's like what's happening because you actually do know 
the, the, or is there more to why they've yeah, done it kind yeah. of thing? Um, but okay. so it's not a whodunit in the traditional sense, but yeah, brilliantly acted. Leslie Manville, Academy Award nominated Leslie Manville is in it. Yeah, huge cast. David Morrissey, who people would know from a million British things is also in it. And yeah, it's just, it's gripping. It works on so many different levels because it's not just this basic whodunit. It's really about the community. It's really about the past that the community is dealing with. Yeah, it's just fantastic. So John, the true crime nature of it, is this, did this really happen or is it more just because it's it's about the history of the town that it's based on or is this, is this based on a true story? Very good question. They make it really clear that it's loosely based on two similar murders that did take place in a small town. So it's inspired by that, but it's certainly not like meant to be a dramatic recreation or completely based on true events. But it is, yeah, I guess it's inspired by actual events. And recent events, like murders around recent times. Yeah. How many apps have you got? So it is six episodes. They're dropping weekly, which I think will be good because of the number of twists that are involved. Okay. But uh, it's written by James Graham, who I had not heard of before doing a little bit of Googling, but he's a playwright, so it's kind of got that sense to it. But he wrote Brexit, The Uncivil War, that Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch movie. Um, He wrote my favourite episode of The Crown ever, which is where Charles goes and learns Welsh. And he also... That is a brilliant brilliant episode and that whole issue with the mine and the collapse when the queen goes yeah wow okay and he also wrote one of my favorite dramas from a few years ago quiz which was about the who wants to be a millionaire scandal so did he fleece them or didn't he yeah Yeah. so it's just yeah it's such a compelling series and all i would say is if you liked mayor of Town, like jump on board because it is really really compelling and just really layered and interesting and a lot more than just a, a whodunit Oh my gosh, how nice. Isn't it great knowing when you've got a good show coming up, we know how much our audiences love British crime, British drama, and, and a, a classic good six episode, not too long, but something to really sink your teeth into and really follow and get involved in. So how great. So one a week, but as you said, it'll keep you gripped yeah. over those six weeks. So Sherwood starts Wednesday, August 24th on Binge with new episodes weekly. Love it. So House of the Dragon on Mondays, Sherwood on Wednesdays. Yeah. When you live in a village and come from a village, what's connected to a mine? What happens in community happens to everybody. Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, dubbed the Ken and Barbie killers, would become one of the most notorious and publicised crimes in Canadian history. Terrorising suburban Toronto in the 80s and 90s, the couple's story is a dark tale of abuse, murder and coercion. Ken and Barbie, The Lost Murder Tapes is a new four-part true crime series following this shocking case from beginning to end. 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey told a friend she was heading home, but she never arrived. Kristen French, a high school athlete and a straight-A student, was abducted from the front lawn of this church. There was a palpable sense of fear. The entire city was in horror. Some of the most heinous crimes ever in the country. Ali, this is another addition to our very large true crime collection on Binge. And this is just a four-parter, which I think they break down really well. And the episodes, to kind of give you an understanding of the structure, is the murders, the tapes, the deal, and the trial. So you literally do get beginning to end. You get the whole story. You do get some sort of closure in that I guess you know what eventually happens. But, yeah, a very compelling and very dark story that I was not familiar with. Yeah, great summary in terms of, 
four episodes and you'll understand what's happened and there will be an outcome. Unlike some of the more in-depth, you know, the staircase or the jinx where you're kind of interviewing the murderer or you're going deep into the legal system or the trial, that's not what this is. It's a very traditional report looking back at a murder, isn't it? Kind of speaking to the police and, and understanding what's happened. And I guess because there is that sort of bit of time that's passed, you know, conclusions have been reached and yeah. Yeah. But I do like it when these documentaries speak to the police involved because it does help put in context how things were different. There's some really interesting twists in this because there is some home video of some of the crimes and you've also got the 80s, people having home videos and VCRs and it was all quite new and expensive technology. So it was almost the beginnings of having that evidence in a case, isn't it? Like it was quite a new thing to be drawing on tape. So you can kind of see some of the ways that they maybe stumbled around and didn't get that right. And some really interesting insights I found on like the DNA. Like I think they said in this Canadian town where these murders were happening, there was only one specialist in DNA. So there was a a kind of a DNA twist in this as well. One of the things that's interesting, it's a husband and wife that are involved in these murders and rapes, which makes this quite different to um, some of the lone wolf psychopath kind of single murderers. So I suppose that's probably something different about this story. That's where the Ken and Bobby sort of moniker that the press gave them came from, because it was a couple doing these crimes or or some of these crimes. And also just, I guess, because the press love to like latch onto a name, just they were sort of conventionally quite attractive that they got called the Ken and Barbie killers. But obviously not growing up in the 80s in Canada, I was completely (laughs) unaware of this, but like it looked like it was the biggest story in the country. Like it was Mm -hmm. front page news, thousands of people were volunteering to manhunt to find clues. And once the artist sketch of the Paul Bernardo was finally released because he was kind of getting away with his crimes for so long. Someone finally got a good look at him. Like it was, it was literally front page news when they had this sketch of him. But yeah, it's just a fascinating story. And the couple dynamic does bring a lot to it because Carla, the wife, the relatively new wife to Paul, who had been committing crimes before their marriage, she kind of claims there was abuse and coercion and that she was like this unlikely accomplice. But then as you said, An innocent party. Yeah, but, but then yeah. as you said, these tapes, which are quite shocking at the time because people weren't recording every moment of their lives like we do today, things come out in the trial and, yeah, lots of twists and turns. Really, really dark, but also this comes from Discovery and they do this, I don't want to say pulpy or tabloid because I don't mean to diminish it, but, I mean, it's quite an accessible true crime series, I guess. It's very easy to follow and because you are talking to the press and the cops and stuff at the time and having all this footage, it makes for a very compelling documentary because of the materials they have. Yeah. So there's a US channel investigation discovery, which takes quite well-known and publicized crimes that might be known in, in recent American and North American history. And yeah, and presents them. And like you said, in quite an easy to digest way, their form of documentary making is popularist. And yeah, I think a lot of the things that they've done, and this is one of, like you said, there's a lot of true crime on binge, but there's a lot that come from investigation discovery and very much they tap into crimes that you'll often know the headline of, or you'll know the victim's name or the perpetrator, but maybe you don't really know the story. And then they kind of take you into it and give a really good understanding of high profile cases. So is it Lacey Peterson and quite a few other tabloid, well-known murders? John Bonet all those kind of ones. Yeah, so The Ken and Bobby Killers has been one of our most watched true crime documentaries over, over the last few weeks on Binge, so people are really, really getting into it. The True Crimes collection, which we have on the front page, is also one of the most sort of clicked on collections on the front page. And we do have the sort of whole gamut of true crime from, I guess, what you'd call like really traditional 
documentary investigation crimes like The Jinx and I'll Be Gone in the Dark and Undercurrent, which we talked about in an earlier podcast about the that submarine murder, which was also fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then I guess those more accessible doco series like First 48 and Fatal Vows and Crime Investigation Australia and stuff like that. So whatever you're sort of level of interest or sort of mindset at the time around true crime, we've we've got something for you. It's hard to talk about something being entertaining when it is a murder or rape. These are pretty heavy topics, John, but we do know that they are well watched by our audience, don't they? There's definitely a level of popularity and intrigue in this and whether or not, not a psychologist, obviously, but um, whether or not we see with female audiences as well, I don't know if there's something about keeping safe or learning about how these things happen or what attracts people, but very, very popular type of television, isn't it? I'm sure studies have been done into this, but whether it is true crime or whether it is the dramatised stuff, I get reluctant to call it like comfort viewing. There's nothing comforting about it, but there's definitely something that people get out of consuming this content because we know how popular it is. But yeah, we've got plenty of it. If you're flicking through the carousel, it'll almost look like a Scott and Charlene image of the Ken and Barbie killers, isn't it? I mean, they're 80s, big hair, big white wedding dress, this kind of perfect looking couple. Definitely probably one of the things that's been bringing people into it. They don't look like your typical, again, typical. And there's some really interesting twists in this about a bit of police bias because these people looked so Hollywood good looking. They were almost lurking in the familiarity, weren't they? Yeah. (laughs) Worth a watch. Four episodes now streaming. The assaults had actually been videotaped, which was an extraordinary revelation. He reached in. I'm standing here looking in amazement at at what's in my hands. I was in shock. What I saw was six tapes. There was just no way to foresee what was on those tapes. John, we're at the part in the podcast where we give our tips into things that we're loving on Binge that we might not have talked about before or people might not be aware of, but um, with your job as head of content, you know everything that's on the platform. So what is your dinner party recommendation this week? So... I've actually been wanting to talk about this for a little while, but other shows always get in the way. And unfortunately, I guess for what's happened in the news, this has again reminded me of this show with, of course, the unfortunate passing of Anne Heche recently. It reminded me of Hung, which I'm not sure if you've seen, but it's a 2009 HBO comedy. It ran for three seasons, so there's 30 episodes. Anne Heche plays the ex-wife of the main character, who's played by Thomas Jane, and he is this high school basketball teacher. He's living in Detroit. It's in 2009, so it's like global financial crisis time. The economy's not great. The cars have all shut down. Yeah. The makers and stuff, yeah. A lot of change in the world. Um, And his house burns down in, like, the first episode. And what we discover is that he is blessed in one very specific way, hence the title of the show, he sort of (laughs) decides to stumble into sex work. So it's basically a comedy about this like dad of teenagers who's a high school basketball coach who sort of stumbles his way into into sex work. and Being a male escort. Yeah. And brings some BDE with him. Yes, yes, some very BD, <laughs> apparently. You can Google the acronym at home. <laughs> yeah, if you're not familiar. Yeah, I don't know if you remember Weeds. Pete Davidson. Yes, yes. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Weeds from back in the day. Yes, yep. Weeds is probably the better known show of Weeds and Hung. They kind of feel like different sides of the same coin, maybe, where it's Weeds was about this suburban mother who sort of stumbles into drug dealing, and it's like dark and funny and light and sad and, you know, the whole gamut of things, but sort of presented yeah. as a bit of a comedy. And Hung's kind of the same because it's got 
this silly title and it's kind of got this silly premise, but it is yeah. really about this dad who's like just trying to make money. And so it's also got a lot of heart while also being sort of funny and sad and like dealing with sort of serious topics like prostitution. But it's like a slightly sanitized version of someone getting into sex work. But it's also what makes it so interesting is because he is just like basketball coach dad who's then going into this very yeah. different world. But Anne H plays his ex-wife who's just been remarried and they have teenage kids. So she's a she's a main character and they're sort of dealing with the kids and the house that's burnt down. And his pimp, I'm using quotation marks, is played by this woman, Jane Adams, who if you don't know her name, you definitely know her face. But so there's also that interesting dynamic of this like handsome dude kind of getting pimped out by this woman. So there's yeah. a lot of interesting dynamics, goes a lot of interesting places. It's not like the heaviest show in the world, yeah. but deals with really interesting stuff. Three seasons, 30 apps. Lots to get into. Yeah. Every week brings me a new humiliation. You are about to become a millionaire. The secret is in you. You want to be a millionaire? Why don't you go market your... What about you, Ali? What are you watching? Well, we talked about this one a few weeks ago, but I just sometimes we circle back on things when I think they really deserve an extra shout out, but also when something really starts to get talked about. So four or five weeks ago, we spoke about the rehearsal. Listeners might remember it was a new comedy from HBO starring Nathan Fielder of Nathan For You fame. And I think at the time we said it was a bit like the Truman Show in a reality kind of format, wasn't it? It was this guy who... Nathan, who was recreating moments in people's lives. No, sorry, he wasn't recreating moments in people's lives. He was fake creating moments in people's lives in anticipation of that moment happening so they could basically have a dress rehearsal of a time in their life where they wanted some time to prepare and make sure it went well. So often dealing with kind of people that were nervous or, yeah, had, had something that really needed preparation and consideration for. But when we first talked about it, we'd seen the first few episodes, but we talked mainly about the first one where he was helping a man prepare to come clean to his friends about a fib. But as the season went on, he created quite an elaborate rehearsal for a woman who wanted to decide she wanted a a rehearsal of whether or not she should have children. And over the course of his experiment, he recreated the stages of the child's life. So every week the child gets older and it kept growing up. And he basically got pulled into the experiment himself and basically played the role of the dad and had his own almost dress rehearsal of what I imagine for him might be a big life moment, which is, does he want to be a parent? This show has been talked about significantly, hasn't it, John? It's had some amazing reviews. The Sydney Morning Herald, could this be one of the best TV shows of all time? It's it's so different. Um, and I think it's worth a shout because I haven't really watched many things that are like this. Yeah. And we're about to have the final episode of the six episodes drop on binge this week. So if you've seen it in the carousel and you haven't pressed play, I recommend you do. And you'll have six episodes to go down the rabbit hole into Nathan Fielder's brilliant and different mind. What did you think? Jonathan? No, well, I'm glad we're talking about it again because the first episode is fascinating and elaborate and your mind gets blown a bunch of times. But I think if you didn't get past the first episode, you are missing out because if you thought the show was just going to be a series of the first episodes, then maybe you checked out or maybe you didn't return or whatever. With the final episode dropping this week, not watched or if you only watched the first episode, definitely jump back in because what sort of explodes from episode two onwards it's is just crazy. And I think that's where a lot of the press is coming from because of this elaborate life rehearsal with these children and this woman and her beliefs and everything else that comes into it. I can't open TikTok without seeing people talking about the rehearsal. Mm. Articles are getting written about like the ethics of the show and yeah. what he's trying to say or do or Yeah. um. Is it cruel? Is it genius? But also I think what's so interesting, he's clearly a very 
intelligent, introverted mind. And he really thinks about things and in, in, in setting up this rehearsal and trying to make it as lifelike as possible to have the experience of raising a child even the children that are the actors that are in it calling you dad or mom and, you know, they're playing make-believe. And I think what's really interesting as, as you get to this final episode and you've watched Nathan himself go from behind the camera to almost being part of the experiment as the makeup dad in this rehearsal scenario, the relationship he kind of forms with one of the children that plays his son, he almost becomes the guinea pig of his own experiments. Yeah. Just very curious and very, very, very unique television. You can't second screen with this show. Like it's absolutely must watch. And I think once the final episode's out, I think people are just going to like absolutely fly through it because yeah, it is hard to put down once you start. That's it. Wow. Wow. What do you think? Yeah. I think that was pretty disgusting. It was his concept. Was it? Yeah. Oh, really? You don't believe me? No. This week on Skip Intro, we discuss the new BBC drama Sherwood, the new true crime documentary series, The Ken and Barbie Killers. I suggested you check out the HBO comedy Hung, and Ali suggested that if you have not, you catch up with the rehearsal as its final episode is about to come out. All of these can be found on Binge, which of course you can find on your favourite device. I am John Borham, joined every week by Ali Herbert Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro.